Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, aka Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. Look, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry go round. But things ain't merry when you're going through the motions, fulfillment, lies, and emotions. So why go through life unavailable? You're unfailable. This how that I've been on is incomparable. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. Um, today's episode, we're going to talk about sober milestones. And what I mean by that is, is doing things for the first time sober. So whether that's like a wedding, your first concert, whatever it might be. Um, just kind of looking at those things as as sober milestones. I think those are important to point out um, because it's just a new experience. It's doing something for the first time. Um, and then also, I thought we could like kind of kind of throwing this on Julia in real time, but talk about how we tell people that we're sober because those two events kind of go together. But um, yeah, Julie and I, I, I told her I didn't want to talk about this till we hopped on the podcast, but. There's two things. You did a sober dance thing, right? Was that a sober event yeah. or was that just you went with sober people? No, that was just like an event at the House of Blues in Chicago. Um, it is 17 and up though. So there's a lot of people that aren't drinking there. Um, but then there's obviously like the bar is open as an option. It's just like people aren't primarily there just to get drunk. That makes sense. Yeah. What was the vibe like? Was it fun? Do you have any hesitation when you go out to dance? I, I I'm fine once I get rolling, but I always have a little hesitation before I, I hop on the dance floor. Yeah. So I actually went to a similar version of this um, just a couple months ago, and I was with my best friend, and she's not much of a drinker, um, but it was just her and I, and that one was like specifically. For like disco music. Oh wow. <laughs> um, and it was like the same thing. Like it, I was ner- I was a little bit nervous at first just because dancing while sober after dancing drunk for however many years, it it is different. Like it feels different. It's just new and it's foreign and it's um not, I don't know, it's not the norm well, of how- dancing's really just like about being out of your head. So that is one way I, I guess alcohol does. I mean, that's a true, we know how there's like a lot of illusions that alcohol makes. That is one that's probably not an illusion. It does get you out of your head and the fact of it can let you dance. Yeah, exactly. I would say that the initial discomfort though is short-lived. It it doesn't last that long. And if you're with good people, like the first time I was with my best friend, so I'm obviously very comfortable with her. And then the time recently that Blazik just brought up, I was with a bunch of other sober women. So we were all on the same page. Like we knew that we haven't done this a, a bunch of times, but we still wanted to be there and still wanted to kind of push ourselves out of that comfort zone. Um, and that's just what we did. It was all it was called the best night ever dance party and it was all guilty pleasure music. So one direction, Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift. I don't even stuff. have guilty. That's just pleasure for me. It's not <laughs> even guilty. Like, I'll, like I'm those all are just that. straight bangers. Oh, oh slappers <laughs> just left and right. And the thing is like, 
it's kind of crazy to think about, but we went to middle school dances sober. And that's the most awkward time of your life. That's not even like when you're, com- I mean, that's, there's no time in life when you're more worried about someone judging you than middle school. And then just- in middle school. <laughs> and I remember having the time of my life. We used to call them like sock hops at, at my middle school. Um, not that we were in our socks, but that's just what we called them. And yeah, the first like half hour is very much like boys on one side, girls on the other. No one's in the middle, <laughs> but it just takes it just takes a couple of people. And then the first couple start, then we all want to be involved and we all want to be included. And then we ended up having like such a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but what an awkward time of, of life. So awkward. Like the remember the ruler, yeah. the ruler, like you gotta have you space. You have to stay this far <laughs> apart from each other we did not follow that rule at my school but yeah i mean you, you they didn't sneak. enforce it very well which is just <laughs> wild looking back at like what a middle schooler looks like, <laughs> like i can't fathom baby that. yeah a baby but yeah like i mean it's it's scary but that's that's part of the beauty of like sobriety is you get to have all these maybe not the first time you've ever done it but the first time you've ever done or you've done it in 10 years or something like an experience in a really long time dancing sober and it's all it's just like literally everything else in life whether you're sober or not doing something new is scary for about 20 seconds and then you get grow you get going you get the momentum to it and then it just feels like everything else it just it's normal like anticipation and is really the only scary thing about half the events that we do in sobriety like it's just getting there or walking in the door or stepping on the dance floor and then it all goes away and like what what's the alternative to never dance in life again like that doesn't sound fun no that would be just sad and i've said it before and i'll say it again you only get comfortable by doing you have to do the thing a couple of times and then it doesn't seem so scary. It's you not doing it and pushing it farther and farther away from you. That's, that's, what's going to psych yourself out. Yeah. Just building it up in your head. And we, like I I said it on, on last episode, but just be the person that you want to be. If you want to be the person on the dance floor, then bad news guys, you're going to have to take a step on the dance floor. That's just how, how it works. Um, But yeah, you also, this morning you went to a self-defense, like a sober self-defense class. Tell me about that. Yeah, so um, so it wasn't specifically advertised for sober folks, but I heard about it through um, some Chicago sober women that I've hung out with in the past. Um, my one good friend brought it up because um, she has a friend that um, she she I don't know exactly how they met, but she goes to these classes on like a regular basis. And she knew that this seminar was happening and it was free. It was two hours. And she was like, you should bring a friend and you should come. And so, you know, my good friend, she thought of me and I am so glad that I went because I just had the time of my life. It was awesome. I, I've talked about um, the street harassment in Chicago before on my TikTok and how bad it is here. And this was just nice because I can complain about things all that I want. That doesn't change anything. Um, This at least made me feel like I was actually doing something about it and I was doing something beneficial and um, God forbid I would ever be in a situation where I would need to use it. But it just, it's just, 
it just gives me a little bit of confidence and a little bit of like sureness. Like if I were to be in that situation, I wouldn't just be lost and frozen. So yeah. And then afterwards, um, me and, um, my friend that had invited me, we went to go get coffee and we were just talking young and sober stuff. And so, yeah, it was a nice, a nice little Sunday morning. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I love that. Now, is that something you would have done when you were drinking or is like, have those types of activities been something that you've always done? Or is this stuff where it's like, now that I'm sober, I kind of seek this stuff out. I would have wanted to go to this thing. I would have committed to going to this thing. And then I wouldn't have gone. Bang. That's the truth bomb of the century right there. Because let's be real. It was Sunday morning at 10 AM. Where do you think I would have been if I was drinking? I, my ass would be in bed. Yeah. Damn. That's so true. I I didn't even realize that about me. And when I was drinking, like I bailed on it. If I had the chance to bail, I bailed on so much. I mean, let's be honest, sober, even it feels pretty good to bail on things. Like, (laughs) But at least that might be coming from a place of, um, you genuinely need time for yeah. yourself or, or you need, or your social battery ran out for the day or whatever it might be. It's not coming from like, man, like my straight up just bad decisions have brought me to this place where I then have to let someone down. Yeah. That's actually like r- mad annoying to me now. There's not many things about drinking culture that actually get under my skin, which is pretty funny, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't care if people drink like none of that. Um, but one thing that triggers me is if I have plans with somebody and they're too hungover to show up, that one will get under my skin because it's like, dude, like you knew we were doing this and then you went out and got like trash and now you don't want to do this. Like that's annoying. Yeah. It hits a different like heart string in me too, because it's, I don't know. I feel like I'm very, um, oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I'm very, oh, uh, why am I having a brain fart? Like I'm very, um, Jesus. And when you're I on know a podcast, doing, it gets harder to think of the word because you know that people are- I hope I, you I edit out those that. really long thoughts. It'll be all right. <laughs> um, but I'm just very- I know what I'm doing with my time. I, 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 I'm very intentional. Yes. Thank you. With my time. And so, um, and you know, you and me, we both have a lot of things going on. We got the podcast, we got the TikTok, I got the Etsy, we got, you know, like we, we have jobs. Um, so yeah, when that is the reason that they're bailing, it does. Yeah. It's annoying. It's just like, it's so annoying. It's annoying. But I also feel for them at the same time because it's like, man, I was you. Like, I was you. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't want to be that person anymore. It's funny. I went on a date this morning and she she made a joke. She's like, I was, she's like, you are catching a slightly hungover version of me. And I was like, that's cool. Like, you showed up. <laughs> That's She that, showed up. She showed up and it was, it was fun. Um, but I just thought it was funny, like you know, one, she didn't know I was sober yet. So that's always a fun, a fun bomb to drop. Yeah. Um, Do you usually um, like not let them know ahead of time? Or do you sometimes? 
Yeah, I don't really mention know. it. Um, okay. And I, I, when I was on Catherine's podcast, I actually said this. So I kind of look at it in the sense of like, if I were to tell someone that I have anxiety before I go on a date, it's like, yeah, I feel like it's an important part of me and whatever, but I don't feel the need to tell you that before you meet me. Um, okay. But I also, like I told her too, as a guy, like normally I'm the one asking if they want to meet up. So I have, mm-hmm. I feel like I have a little more control of that dialogue in a sense where it's like, I'm not going to be like, Hey, you want to go grab drinks where at that point, if someone asked me that I would probably say, Oh, I'm sober. Um, okay. That makes, but I just normally say like, you want to go grab coffee and, and then that's not, there's really no need for me to say anything about sobriety at that point. Yeah. Okay. I get you. Yeah. So I kind of have more control, I guess, of the situation in a way, but I would tell someone if they, but like, I've never, I actually, I got my first unmatch on hinge. Some, I, I did tell some, they asked like what kind of podcast I had. And I said a sobriety podcast and she unmatched me. That's the first wow. time that I've had anything like that happen. Well, I guess that's good. Cause you know that you and that person probably would not have worked out. <laughs> that's yeah. And that says like, don't want to waste your time. It didn't bother me at all because it's like, that's a hundred percent whatever they're dealing with. I mean, yeah, there's no reason. Like when, even when I drank, I didn't, I would have dated a sober, I did date a sober person like that when it, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, let's dive into the topic. So the topic is sober milestones, but not like days or anything, just events, sober event milestones slash telling people that you're sober. Um, so I'll go first. And I did a sober wedding like two weeks into sobriety, which was kind of crazy. That's how you know that I was like bold <laughs> to my limit of how much drinking I could take. Like I had really hit the point where two more weeks was was going to put me under. Um, so, yeah, I, I went to a wedding sober like two weeks and I was in the wedding. So like even mm. next level. Yeah. And it was chill. Like I. I think I have good friends, which is awesome. Like I'm, I'm lucky to have good friends in my life, but I just, I think that's really the first time in my life that I realized that nobody cares if I drink, like nobody really cares as long as I'm not dampering the mood. I think that's like the misconception that people have is, is, Oh, people are going to be mad at me or like not want to be around me. And that's going to be true whether you're drunk or sober. If you're bringing a bad vibe or a bad energy to people, like they're not going to want to hang around you. But if you bring good energy to people and you are, you're having fun, you're not being a damper on the, then no one's going to care if you drink at all. And I remember we were on the party bus and there was like 40 people, 30 people on the party bus. And they would, they were kind of going around the wedding party and doing like, they would chant your name. So they'd be like, Garrett, Garrett. And Garrett would like chug a beer. And then like, when it was my turn, like they threw a water at me and then like everyone was chanting my name and I like crushed this water, (laughs) 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 but everyone was going absolutely nuts. And it's just like, that's what, that was just a moment that made me realize I can still be part of the party. I can still be the life of the party. If I want to be, it's really like nothing, I hate to downplay it, but 
the difference between drinking and not drinking really isn't that big. It's really kind of just in your head in a way or in my head where if I want it to be a big thing, it can be a big thing. But if I don't want it to be a big thing, then no one else is going to notice. Yeah. I was just going to say though, that like, it seems like you have a really good crowd of people that you keep as company. And I know that like, specifically when it comes to wedding culture in America, I think it is very heavy, like it's very alcohol heavy and it's, um, it's encouraged, Mm -hmm. but isn't it funny that it just takes, um, you know, maybe everybody else on that bus, you were the example that they needed to see of like, oh, this dude is having a great time. And he just chugged that water. And it was really funny because everyone else was still chanting. And now we can just move on to the next thing in the party. Like it was, it wasn't this like, (gasps) yeah, oh my God. He's, oh my God, he's not, oh my God, that everything's ruined. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes I think in early especially in early sobriety, that's what you're thinking the reaction is going to be. And in reality, it couldn't be farther from the truth. But with that being said, you need to make sure you are keeping the right company around you. For sure. For sure. Good company. Um, And then also, like, I think a big part of this, especially in a wedding type situation is being confident in your delivery. When you tell someone you're not drinking, you have that hesitation it's not even their fault because they just might think you're not drinking tonight. And, and I can see how someone would be like, Oh, come on, man. Like have some drinks. You shouldn't do that. But I understand the thought track behind it. Like if someone to someone who is naive to addiction or sobriety, whatever, I could see how they'd be like, Oh, dude, like have a couple. Um, so be confident in your delivery when you tell them, yeah, I, yeah, I don't drink, I don't drink anymore. And no one's going to dig into that. If you say I'm not drinking tonight, which I know is like actually a popular thing in the sobriety community, that's how a lot of people will deliver the message. One, you're showing a lack of confidence in yourself. You really are showing a lack of confidence in your ability to stay sober, in your in your confidence of how you are when you're sober. You're just not showing confidence when you're saying that. And people will not interpret it the way that they should because you didn't give them that opportunity to interpret it the way they should. So, um, yeah, I would say be confident when you tell people that you're sober. Yeah, your way of delivering that message is really going to set the tone. And I don't want to scare people by saying that, but I just mean that the more that you get in the habit of you know exactly what you're going to say when you because these situations are going to come up no matter what if you are you are still wanting to have a social life um, especially if you are really trying to make a point to make your um, past friendships that began way before you made this decision and I'm not you know so I'm not saying this would be around a bunch of other sober people um, that situation is going to arise um, and in the beginning <laughs> I mean I was falling back on the, um, excuses. I was saying medication. I was saying I have CrossFit in the morning. I was saying I'm taking a 30 day break. Um, but the more, the more temporary you may, you're, you're making it seem, 
I don't know what it is, but the drinking people that are also in the same room are going to see that as then an opportunity of, oh, well, maybe I can change your mind. Yeah. And I know exactly. that that's super, I know that that's super toxic and they shouldn't be doing it in the first place, but just because it's bad doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And so now I feel, I mean, my, my good friends, they all know. Um, I like came out on my social media profiles when I was three months sober. I'm now like about 10 months. And um, it's really just like, what I find the hardest is the acquaintances, the friends of friends that yeah. I need to have this conversation with most. And I am just so concrete, sure of myself now that they know I'm not budging. Yeah. I don't even have like any shame in it anymore. I don't know if I, I think I did early on a little bit. Um, but now I just look at it and I think you're the same. I shouldn't speak for you, but I think you're the same. I look at it as my superpower now. Like I'm almost excited to tell women on dates that I'm sober. Like we made a joke about it even this morning. I was like, yeah. So like, you know, designated, designated driver built in, <laughs> it's built into the system. Um, yep. You know what you're going to get from me every single day, every hour of every day. This is it. Nothing changes. Um, yeah, it's like my super. So I'm like excited to tell people that I'm sober now. I really have a lot of confidence in it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes um, one of the most reoccurring comments I get on my TikTok is, man, like sober people just really have this like superiority complex and they're just so judgy towards um drinking people and i'm i think that there's some confusion happening <laughs> i think it's bizarre right now in society i think it's bizarre to see like a confident sober person who is out at the bars and wanting to be involved with everybody else and for some reason, because the person's not like, uh, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not, you know, like coming from like a guilt standpoint, you know, I think that era is going to come to a close, but that's been the case for a really long time. Yeah. And that's for some reason translating into like cockiness. And it's like, no, it's just there are people now that don't drink that still go out and still have fun and they're confident in their decision. And like that, that's really all that it is. I don't know why you're interpreting it that way. Um, maybe that needs to be something that you explore further, but I, I don't ever see people that drink around me as, as less than I'm not, <laughs> I've never thought that in my brain, but I have noticed a switch in myself of like, there was a point in time where I was delivering this message and I was kind of like cowering in the corner and I was very not confident. And I came from a point of being guilty that I wasn't part of the party, but at some point that switched and like, that's not a bad thing. I, I mean, in real life, I think it's weird. It's super weird to have that reaction unless someone's preaching at you, like why you should quit drinking. I think online, people don't realize who we're making content for. I think that's... They're confusing my target audience a yeah. lot of the time. 
I don't know if you saw, I think you did see it because you commented on it. I was getting into some fucking beef with some people on some comments <laughs> last week where the first 30 seconds of the video, I was talking about how I was seeing this trend in sobriety and how sober people are starting to convince themselves they can moderate or they're having this thought because it just seems like a common thought that I've been seeing on my, my TikTok. And this guy was just like, why do you feel the need to tell people they can't moderate? And I'm like, because they're sober. They're, they're fucking sober. <laughs> like I'm talking to sober people. And yeah. just this whole, it was just like, he was like, well, you don't, you don't have the right to tell people. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You must have some real issues if my my message is bothering you then you're obviously you obviously have a drinking problem i hate to be the one to tell you <laughs> right that, and i made a i made a video about this too that it's like if it is your immediate reaction to get defensive oh, there's yeah. something there that you need to look into and i don't know what that i don't know what that entails yes. exactly but there is something that is um and, and you know how I know that's the case is because I lived through it. Exactly. Yeah. That. <laughs> it's because I was on that side of the conversation so many times. And I was just justifying, justifying, defending, defending, because I did not want to see the hard truth. And I knew it was going to piss me off. And that's why I pushed it off for so long. Yep. But where our profiles come into the conversation is we are talking to the people that want to be sober that want to have this sobriety journey and see wherever it takes them and for us to say like yeah that's completely normal why you feel that way mm -hmm. it makes complete sense and yeah i i i don't know where those like i don't know if they're troll accounts or what but where yeah, they're getting true. that from but in real life like it's a pretty shitty if you have any any negative reaction to someone being sober, then you're just kind of a shitty person. Like there's really no other way to put that because whether that's sobriety, whether that's religion, sexual orientation, like it doesn't have anything to do with you. So mm -hmm. it's such a if, personal, if it's bothering you, then probably time to look in the mirror. Like, like if I told you right now, Julia, that I hate, I hate blue hoodies. Like I'm, sure you would have zero reaction to that because you're in a gray hoodie and like it literally <laughs> has nothing to do with you um so yeah but what about you what what was one of your your sober milestones that was impactful for you well I would say that I was very um we kind of touched on this in last episode I was very skeptical in the beginning because I had had two slip ups like really far in the beginning of when I first made this decision. And it was because I really hadn't made the concrete decision yet. But once I did, once October 31st of 2021 happened, um, I did go through a bit of a alienation period I was, I was staying home a lot of the time. And it was just because I wanted to make sure that the next time I go out and I'm in a social setting, I don't want it to even be a question. I want to know how I'm handling the situation going forward before I'm even there, before I'm even there. I want to know exactly how, how, how the night is going to start and how the night is going to end. So I really didn't push myself 
too hard to get back into the, which I know that yours thing was a wedding. So it was probably planned like what, two years, a year and a half in advance. Yeah. Not much choice. Yeah. Not much choice. Um, but I, thankfully I didn't have anything like super, um, important that like, if I did have to say like, I'm going to sit this one out, it wasn't too big of a deal, but I would say that, um, I did recent, well, not recently, but as of this summer in June, I went to my first sober wedding and I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal because I had been sober for some time then, but actually being at the wedding, I, (laughs) I did feel a little, uh, I was surprised with how, um, like I was starting to feel anxious. Um, but what I was trying to focus on was just like, I'm with good friends. If I do make a fool of myself, they, they don't care. It it doesn't matter. Um, and I'm going to be proud of myself no matter what, as long as I like go into this situation and not, um, have the peer pressure or not even the peer pressure, but just like the environment pressure, um, not let it get to me. And I don't know. I just made a decision in my head of I'm here for my friend who is getting married. This is a huge, you know, thing for her. And even though it makes me uncomfortable, she wants me to dance. I'm going to fucking dance. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you got to, you got to let go of it in your head. Um, if you want to live a normal life, like you, you kind of gotta, like it's, that's part of also, it. Also, everyone around me was drunk. So even if I did make a they fool don't of myself, they don't remember. They have no idea. They're, I think people forget all the time, like kind of what you were just saying in the beginning, like nobody, nobody's worried about you everyone is so worried about themselves. It would be so sick if we were the main character in everyone's life, but we're not. It's not the case. <laughs> Sorry Unfortunately, to break it to you. Yeah. Like anything that we do that's embarrassing in any aspect of life. Like think about times where you've seen really embarrassing things out in public and you, it might last like two hours in your head. And then like of someone else, you know, someone like falls in Walmart or something, which also why is falling so embarrassing? (laughs) I know like the person obviously did not mean to do that. That's a whole nother conversation. I fell down the stairs today and the the amount of shame that I had was like, so it was real. Like the, the shame was real from falling. My dog's leash got lapped like wrapped around my ankle and he took off down the stairs and just (laughs) I literally made a video about this like way way in the beginning of my profile where I was like I basically looked at myself in the mirror one day and I was like look if I'm awkward I'm awkward look if I don't have anything to say I, I don't have anything to say and that alcohol you know like I feel like a lot of the time it was like filling in those like gaps and filling in like the silence and pretty much everyone just wants to like keep fucking talking when they're wild. Like there's like beauty to silence. Like it's okay. It's okay to sit in silence. Yeah. Like even if you just met like on the the date this morning, there was like two to three times where we neither of us had anything to say. We just kind of sat there and like, look at the, you know, we were like in a nursery. So just kind of look around at plants and like 
it's okay. Like you don't have to, I would say that it's almost more awkward to try and say something when there's nothing to say. Like, I would completely that, agree that's with that. An, that's an awkward experience to me because it's like, I know you didn't want to talk about the weather, <laughs> but, now, but now we're talking about the weather. Like, what? Well, I just feel like we keep going back to the same thing of like when you're so sure of yourself and when you're so, you know, the type of person you are, you know, you know that you're a good person, you know, that you treat people well, whatever, you know, those are the big things these little things become just that they're just little. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was awkward at that party. Okay. Life goes on. I don't, I'm not going to keep thinking about it. And what's crazy is when I would drink, I would have these next days where I was like, why did I overshare for three hours to that one person who probably didn't want to keep talking to me for the two latter <laughs> hours? Why that was, they were probably just like, yep. Yeah. Uh-uh. No. Or the, the infamous, no way. <laughs> That's no way. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what, you know, it's either, uh, I guess being awkward and then oversharing both of those situations are bad. One of those situations I'm being authentic. I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to go with the authentic one. What's funny about being awkward too is no one ever feels, or it's very rare that you feel the other person as being awkward. Like if, if you and I were to have an awkward silence right now, I would be the one feeling, I wouldn't, my thought would not be, oh, Julia is awkward. My right. thought would be, I'm awkward. Yes, yes. <laughs> so they're probably just thinking that they're the awkward ones. We're all our own worst critic. And yeah. the moment that you kind of step, take, take a step back and realize that I went into this party or situation, this event, um, with the intention of talking with people that I haven't seen in a long time, having a good time, dancing a little bit, eating good food, um, whatever. If, if I'm not the most like witty, on-the-spot person the entire time, that's not important to me. And the funny thing is, we're for some reason thinking that alcohol gives us that superpower. I'm using air quotes. And it could not be farther from the truth. I thought that I was giving myself this liquid courage and this liquid confidence when in reality, all that liquid was doing was making a damn fool of myself. I feel this the exact same way. Like, I feel way sharper, way wittier, way funnier. Way since more I stopped drinking. Since I stopped drinking. My confidence is has skyrocketed. I I was telling this to my buddy yesterday. I was like, yo, it's crazy to think that when I used to go on a first date, I would have three to four drinks at least before I would show up to that date. Now I go to coffee dates, which is kind of like the most intimidating first date you can have. Like we're going to sit across from each other. We're going to drink this liquid that makes your anxiety worse. <laughs> not, not better. Let's makes, rev it up. Let's rev the anxiety up. And I am now don't like, I'm only sharing this story to tell you that I was someone who was so anxious to go on a date that I had to get fucked up to where I am now, where I'm super comfortable. Like they say something and I can just like stare them in the eyes, like, 
just kind of like confidently and, and just like respond or give them shit or whatever it might be. Like I went from being so anxious that I had to be fucked up on dates to even have a chance to like making solid. And that's like a, a weird thing about sobriety that I, I do kind of want to talk about is, or just bring up is that my eye contact game has reached new levels in sobriety, which is a weird correlation, but it's all confidence. And what I didn't realize is how many moments you can share with people by holding eye contact. So you can like, whether it's male, like romantic or not romantic, but you have a conversation, the points kind of fading in the past. I would just like look away because my confidence was so low, but I'll just like hold this moment with them. And it's like, Whoa, that was a, that was a moment. Just yeah, I think that thing. there are so many little like habitual things that we pick up and we do for so long. And in reality, that's not making us look any more confident than, you know, if you're if what you're trying to portray is you as a confident person that 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 ain't it. Um, yeah. And it's funny that you bring up the drinking before your dates, because why? Why is it that when we are first meeting someone for the first time we have no idea who this person is why is it so common for us to my cat is getting into stuff um is for us to immediately be both drinking a substance that very much so impairs the person that we actually are I'll tell you, it's it's lack of that's only fucking thing it is. It's lack of confidence. It's that I'm scared of what you're gonna think of me. I'm scared of how you're gonna judge me. I'm scared that I can't be confident enough to to tell you who I am, or or I'm not confident enough to kiss you. I can't give a first kiss after the date unless we we have an excuse to do it. Um, those it's like it's all confidence. It's a hundred percent confidence to where we need to loosen up and and meet for the first time. That's why if you can get to the point, woman, man, anyone, like if you can get to the point where you're so confident you can go on a coffee date, it changes everything. Coffee dates compared to drinking dates are two different things. The I, I don't remember if I've told you this or not, but like the percentage of second dates – I go on now compared to when I would go to dates drinking. It's astronomical. There was so many one and dones and that's not like hook up and we never see each other again. I mean, that did happen, but like, um, which is like a con of, of drinking. Um, but the connection is just so much more real that it's like, Oh, I want to see this person again. Because the connection's not fogged. It's not, yeah. It's not being like, we're thinking we're connecting with somebody and it's like, no, that's you just having a chemical reaction to the substance that you put in your body. It's literally what you said. It's us thinking. It's us right. thinking that we're having a connection. Right. And it's like, but when you take the alcohol out of the equation and you just have that, you you are you are stone cold sober and you feel a connection with someone okay at that point of course you guys should keep seeing each other but I'm curious of like how many relationships have started in that exact scenario and it's like did 
I don't know. I just feel like it takes so much longer than to see if you and that person are actually compatible than it would if you just were both sober the first time around and you would have then found out right away, like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Or like, yeah, I definitely want to see you. And you can, you can get in a danger zone there too. Right. Because I would argue once you've been on about eight, nine dates, you're kind of in this stage where it's pretty damn hard to break up with them. Like you're kind of like breaking it off or with someone is easy about date one through four. And then when, when you're on like date eight through 20, you're kind of dating so yeah. if you're drinking, which is not uncommon to drinking every time you see each other through date 10, you haven't really even had a sober date yet. And I'm telling you, that is like not that uncommon. I don't think like people go to brunch. No, and then it's to- like, it's like, then you become, it's, it's then because you've been seeing this person, you know, however many times, then you have a habit of of hanging out with this person and what are habits hard to do? They're hard to break. So if you right off the bat had this interaction with this person, exactly what you're saying, like it, it would take, it would take away so much complexity and complication out of your life. If you just knew like, yeah, I could feel that like this, this isn't, this isn't going to work out. Yeah, And it sucks. And it's, you know, and it's, I'm sure that that date had a lot of awkwardness to it, but you know, maybe that's the universe telling you what that you ain't need the to one, hear. Chief. That ain't the one chief. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. we're so scared for that to happen. And it's like, okay, but I mean, hypothetically, wouldn't that be the, the best thing is not yeah. wasting your time, their time that would then open up time in your future for the person that is supposed to be there. Yeah, like, don't you want that first date to feel good, like sober? I mean, like, I'm not saying it can't happen if you're having drinks or you're not a sober person, but if you are sober together in whatever scenario, whether that be the next then you morning, know. like, then don't you, you know? Yeah, and don't you want it to feel natural and not like I need, I need something to make me feel this way? Like, I, I want that. I want to know if, if it's, I'm just, I'm just like so all in on sober dates right now i mean obviously i kind of have to be but it's (laughs) i think that i've got the best reaction from women where they're just like this is nice like this is nice to go do something sober i just yeah yeah, i don't think it happens a lot and i think it's refreshing for them even if they're not interested in the sobriety world to just kind of have that refreshing interaction with a human for the first time sober because it just doesn't really happen yeah and even like even if someone weren't like it wasn't their goal to like explore like a sober life like full-time I would say even even as a drinking person I think you saying like oh yeah no I don't I don't drink on first dates I don't think that that should be a outlandish I think that would almost be a turn on for me. Like if I went on a date with a girl when I was drinking and she was like, Oh, I don't drink. I think I would be like intriguing. Like, (laughs) tell me more about this. You you evolved human. Right. Like you've obviously worked on yourself and you've realized like there are parts about me that, um, I felt needed attention that I felt need to be worked on. And now I'm here and I'm 
in a place where I feel like I can be like on a first date like that. You can just tell that that person is so sure of themselves. Yeah. And confidence is sexy, whether it's in like anyone, whoever it is, if confidence is sexy, like that's the type of person I want to be with. Someone that's confident. So I better be that if that's someone I want to be with. If that's what you want to attract, you know, whatever you put out is what you're going to get back. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm so happy to be in the spot that I am with dating right now. And, it, and if you're listening to this and you're thinking like that, I just can't do it. How many times have you done it? Because I can tell you the first five times I wasn't what I am now, but you just got to keep going. Makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. If you go on, you know, a date a week, date every two weeks, in a couple months, you're going to feel confident. You're going to know who you are. You're going to feel good about it. Like dating in sobriety is scary. I'll give you that at first. And then you've never been more confident in dating in your life. And you're not going to be. Plus sober dates are quick in and out. My drinking dates, my drinking first dates would go five, six hours sometimes. Cause it's like, you're just bar hopping doing whatever. If there's any bit of chemistry at all, it's like, let's ride this out. Cause like I attracted yeah. the person that I was in those dating apps. So it's Tuesday night. We're out at the bars at 1am, you know, um, coffee hour, hour and a half. If it's going real well to this morning did two hours, <laughs> but that's a long date for a sober day. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then that obviously like that is, that is just life telling you that something is right some something about that not saying that that you know know, this is this is the person that you're gonna marry or whatever but like something in your environment in the universe is telling you like the reason why you were able to sit there for two hours and talk to this person is because you like them and because they (laughs) like you it doesn't have anything to do with the gin and tonic no like i'll sit next like i remember when i drank and i would travel I used to like kind of think this was fun. I would like go to random bars and cities and just sit there and talk to the person next to me. And they could have been like, not to be political, but like they could have been like Trump loving, um, like just everything opposite of me. And I would still Mm -hmm. just like find something to talk to them and be like like enjoying it. Like, yeah, man, like, dude. And then you get to that, just because me and you are different, we're brothers, man. We're <laughs> brothers. It's like, that's so cringe. Oh, that takes me back. That's so cringe looking back because people do that to me now at concerts. Like this guy bumped into me at a concert. Super fucking annoying, by the way. Um, multiple times. And then he like turned around. He's like, so, dude, I'm sorry. And then I was like, it's okay. And he's like, dude, are we having, are we bros now? I'm like, far from dude <laughs> far from bros yeah, but just to have a, that it's like, a different wavelength it's a different wavelength it's a different wavelength jesus we did not talk about the topic at all but that's okay i feel like this we're, we're more so talking about the situations that kind of like follow when you, i'm good when you go into these i think the more natural this can be the better i think if we wanted to go off on tangents, I guess we wanted to go off on tangents. We were way less spicy this week. That's for sure. I think we uh, were smart with not having a full work day before recording. Yeah, maybe we should do this on the weekends. I think that's a good like, idea. Yeah, that might be the move because 
We were spicy last episode for sure. Even my TikToks last week were spicy. Were spicy. I just had it turned on. I don't know. Sometimes be like that. Oh yeah, because I was like day day six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that comment. I was like, seriously though, like I don't know where this has come from. But <laughs> I took some time uh, both Friday and Saturday of this weekend where I was just like. All I want to do is watch my iPad and fall asleep. Yeah. That's yeah. my commitment for this weekend. <laughs> I've been uh I've been chilling hard. I've been smoking CBD. I got some CBD oh. flour. And it's woo. Like it. You can feel it? Yes. Like really? I've done CBD oil before and it didn't do shit for me. But I've been right. smoking it and it's like instant, just boom. Sorry, everyone. Trigger warning. If you don't want to do this, you don't have to, but it's something that interested Blazik. And so yeah, we support him (laughs) (laughs) on my CBD journey, (laughs) (laughs) which is legal in all 50 states, by the way. Um, Okay, there we go. That's our, yep. (laughs) That's our green light. That's our green light. Just like alcohol, I guess, legal in all 50 states. Oh, so now we now we brought it back down to to being the devil. Wait, okay. I just thought of a new topic. Hmm. What what age did you start drinking? Ooh. Because yeah. I bet you it wasn't twenty one. <laughs> you bet right. You bet <laughs> right. And that's gonna be a cliffhanger for next week's episode, where you'll find <laughs> out what age we started drinking. All right, that is. let's dip on out of here. Um, guys thank you for listening buy all our merch i hope i hope that (laughs) i hope that you learned at least one thing (laughs) i'm sure they did i'm sure they did and maybe not so whatever all right see you later bye guys peace